Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week I'm joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. G'day, guys. And Ham. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm here. And your host Hamish. Uh, so wrapping up the juniors from last weekend, six games of football in um, action, and then looking at uh, how we went in the uh, trials that took place out at Penrith. So to start us all off in the round three juniors, uh, unfortunately, oh sorry, it was round four juniors, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I put round of three there. Uh, but anyway, round four juniors, um, not a good day out for the girls in the Tasha Gales Cup. Illawarra Steelers running up 42 over the Paramount's 12. At try scorers, Kennard and Payne. And goals, Colomaka and Terrare. Um, so if you get a chance, have a look at the in the show notes at the junior rep highlights for the, the try from Kennard. It was a nice break of a tackle and then try afterwards. Yeah. It was uh, reminiscent of Penasini the week before in the Dragons trial. Yeah, that, and that, that sort of summed up the game was those little flashes of brilliance and they were sort of mired down by long runs of uh, concentration lapses. You can see the talent in the team, but they just haven't been able to string together. And um, I think you guys had what, Joey Grimer on there talking about uh, all the prep for the girls. Uh, yeah, on yeah, the weekend, Joey. So I know he'll be a bit disappointed. Joey joined the tip sheet uh, to talk about that exactly stuff. And yeah, he, he sort of had that lengthy talk about how the girls were I'm um, sort of reviewing those last two losses against St. George and the Steelers. Uh, not Steelers, they played Steelers this week, but St. George and Newcastle, sorry, um, where they were shut out in consecutive weeks. And obviously they weren't shut out this uh, this game, but uh, the issues that sort of plagued them in terms of turnovers and, and defensive lapses certainly came to the fore again on the weekend, which is really unfortunate because, like I said, you watch that game, you can see the talent across the team. It's just a matter of being able to string it together for longer periods. Yeah, we'll talk about some lapses in the SG ball, but first to the Harold Matthews Cup, Parramatta 28, defeated St. George Illawarra Steelers 12, try scorers Laffey, Sinclair, Spence, and is it a double to Martin? I saw yeah, that Yeah, big one. double to Martin, yeah. The first one, you've got to watch it for a, for a 13 or lock, um, you know, backing up that play right down the middle, manages to get a toe to it, <laughs> and then picks up the, the loose ball and, and puts it over. It's fantastic stuff. So if you get a chance, uh, again, in the show notes, watch the uh, junior rep highlights. That was fantastic. Uh, Sanders, four off the boot. So um, you boys were out there in action. How, how did you see the Harold Mats? Uh, I wasn't out there. I was watching on the uh, the stream. Oh, and, boo. Ham. I know, I know. I wouldn't have been able to get across to... Uh, Penrith, although probably would have been better off <laughs> after um, what you saw <laughs> going to the juniors. So, um, I think the one the one big thing I've taken from this game is um, the improvement in Ethan Sanders' kicking game. Very much um, so. Forty and I talked about it earlier, but just his long kicking game. Like that was our biggest concern um, in the during the trials was how uh, the team was going to go with a long kicking game. And uh, to his credit, Ethan Sanders has really stepped up. Obviously trained on it. Um, and yeah, it was like I think now because there seemed to be a plan of kicking as soon as they got to the forty, get the Steelers to turn around um, and chase. And now just it's about knowing when to kick early, knowing when to hold it until fifth to kick. Um, but that'll come with time. It's it's just good to see that he's worked on it and uh, improved since the trials. Yeah, I think the big standout in this game, obviously, him is spot on about uh, about uh, Ethan. By the way. Um, that was our biggest criticism of the team coming out of the trials was the lack of long kicking, and they've certainly addressed that. But I think the big thing for me as a team out of that game was the hits. That was 60 minutes of sustained aggressive defense. They were just whacking the Steelers all day. Um, on that right edge, Charlie Geimer and, and uh, Dom Destratus made a couple of great reads. Miles Martin led the way in the middle. He was just thumping them. Um, and it wasn't just those guys. Um, there was, I think, on the left wing, it was either Josh Lee or 
Uh, Declan Murray had a huge Le, game. Le, yeah. Uh, so the, the team really aimed up in defense, and that's what sort of helped them run away with the game in the last uh, sort of like 10 minutes because the Steelers really put up a, a, a contest. They they came to play, and to, you know they sort of dragged the boys into that arm wrestle and then it took a, a sort of explosive run of play at the end to secure a game that probably is reflective of, of how good the team was, that scoreline of 28 to 12. Um, but yeah, the other big thing for me was getting to see Cooper Sinclair in the open. He took an interception and um, strode out about 85, 90 metres um, to go the length of the field, which was fantastic to see the big man in, in uh, full stride. Um, just on Cooper Sinclair, I, I did like that intercept too. Nice read in defence there. Um, he's got something that you don't really typically see of a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, especially a winger, is his offload game. Like you talk about ball playing forwards mm. and offloads and everything. You don't really see it. They haven't developed that skill at, at this age, but Cooper he seems to make a good ruck run. He's a bit of a bit of an edge player in that regard, isn't he? More like than a winger. But yeah. he's definitely got a winger's build. <laughs> at this point. But yeah, he just seems to get those ruck meters, get his long arms free, then an offload. Sometimes they're a bit erratic, but you know, with time he'll own that craft and um, you know, if you can make eight to ten meters on a ruck on a kick return and then uh get an offload a late offload away to make you know, five to ten more. Um, that's a huge skill. And for him to have that at 16, 17 is really big. Oh, the, the other player too, I think he started the game really strongly, was Yaya Ayachi. Um, he set up uh, around the ruck really nicely with some um, great carries, um, sort of caught the markers a couple of times. And it, so he's the junior hooker, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he's a, and he's very well built for a young hooker as well. He's got, got a bit of height and, and muscle to him, so good good one to see there. And, and it was just a good team effort. You know, There's no one really to single out for any sort of criticism. Yeah, obviously there was a few drop balls and whatnot here and there, but um, I really like the way this team is coming together. Um, they've they've had a bit of adversity against Manly early on, and they've addressed that and and come back in the um, last few rounds to look really good. Yeah, and especially you know the Steelers are usually a top six, top four yeah, team. They're usually pretty good in this um in this grade. So yeah, to come away with a six, uh, thirteen plus win, even in the Harold Matthews um, against a top another top top six, top four team is huge. Uh, all right, let's move to the SG ball where a bit of a late brain fade led to a 20-all draw. Uh, try scorers Tateo, two, and Chapel with one. Chapel also kicking three off the boot plus a penalty goal. So how did this play out, guys? Yeah, this is the one that got away, I think. I mean, they'll, they'll take the one point for the draw, but um, once again, as with um, some other games earlier in the season for these boys, just a lot of uh, gimmies to the opposition uh, really, took the, the Steelers didn't have to fight the other half the entire game. I think they just got piggybacked on penalties, um, you know, and that's obviously you can do some finger pointing at the referee in some regards, but that's obviously a discipline matter for the boys in terms of the ruck infringements. And I think that's that that was pretty much it. The Steelers couldn't make conventional meters against them. You think, Cam? Like, I, I don't think they uh, really had much traction in the ruck, but they just got piggybacked downfield, and whoever was kicking had an absolute cannon. Like, he was finding 30, 40 meters plus every time on the touch, uh, the yeah. touch finder. I'm just trying to look at uh, average set distance. Yeah, they're only making th- – oh, well, we're only making about 30 metres a, a set. So, but no, well, when you look at their run metres, 115 runs, 930 metres. So, yeah, the stats back up what you're saying there is just that the – it's just, yeah, drop ball from para. Yeah, and that, that was a huge issue for us in earlier rounds. And it nearly came – we, we lost against Manly because of it. We nearly lost against the Bears, but they managed to rally late and, and have a great heroic come from behind victory. And then it cost them this game where they have to settle for one instead of two competition points. Well, you know, highlighting one player from this game, and we spoke about him in the Bears game, Josh Chappell, he nearly won the game by very, himself. Very close. He, he 
tried to drag the team kicking and screaming to the win, but just couldn't quite get there, which is unfortunate. Just his, I think this is the first time I've seen him break the line. Um, he, did he did it twice, it twice as twice well. Yeah, off the scrum, he did a big show and go, and then with the game to be to be won, he had the. It was like Jared Hayne almost. <laughs> big right yeah. footsteps, going through half the um right edge of the of the Steelers, and then splitting them, and then trying to link up with Tyron Sow, who got the ball poked out from behind. Uh, um, yeah, just smart player. I think he's you know he come down from us last year uh, from Queensland somewhere. Looked a bit out of sorts, but obviously he's gotten his head right. And um, yeah, I think he'll finish the year in Jersey flag. I reckon he's, he's- it, it, it'll be interesting to see how much his athleticism can inhibit him at the moment because he just hasn't got the out-and-out speed that some of the, the star young halves have in this grade because you tend to throw your most athletic, you know, sort of lock ball-playing type into the halves. But in terms of game managing, he's definitely got the skills. Um, the run, kick, and pass as a organizing half are right there. So, yeah, it'd be very cool to see how far he can progress this year. Um, yeah, Vado Jankovic, I thought, started this game very strongly, um, was dictating terms through the middle, as Wally Lewis like to say. And then... Unfortunately, things started to unravel for him when the forward pack just could not get going. And I sort of, you, know, you don't you don't want to pick on the guys here, but the the hyphen, the big hyphen, Jonte Jr. Um, has had a, a pretty good start to the season. But yeah, um, yesterday, sad day, um, he had some good runs, but the ball security was not there. I think he coughed it over, uh, coughed it up like four times, just him himself, um, which is you know just unfortunate. And it, it hurts himself and the team. And you know they were, that he wasn't alone in that regard. <laughs> we turned over a lot of ball. And yeah, it just you can't do that and win, or not win consistently. At least you can pull the odd one out, like we did against North Sydney. But you know, it's not a, a formula that has sustained success written all over it. Yeah, and I, you know, I do want to give this team a um, bit of a shout out. They've got uh, the Steelers brought back uh, Tyrell Sloan and Junior Amo, yeah, who, um, who, who played um, against us in the in the senior off. trial, exactly. So the, not a not a bunch of scrubs by any means, but you know, it just. The, the self-inflicted wounds are always so frustrating to watch, and I imagine for the players and coaches it's even more frustrating. We've talked about this before, that you know, um, as much as fans will complain about those sort of things, when you do your own reviews and even during the course of the game, not being able to execute must be so frustrating. Yeah, I think we've all um, experienced that before, if we've played sport before, when you just have one of those days where you can't do anything not, right. Not going right, exactly. And, you know, it, it's easy to, to sit on the side and say, why aren't you holding on to the bloody ball? But, you know, those games are so fast that you can't always, you know, have full control over the various factors that go into a, a given play or set. Um, all right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, flag trial. So, uh, for some reason, I can't find anything on this online. Um, you guys were out there for the flag trial. How did you see it run out? Um, I think it was 22 points to four, I believe. Um, look, as soon as, I, you know, no disrespect to this player, but as soon as I saw uh, Daniel Reedon, who's part of our SG ball squad, um, he was lining up on the bench. Now, Daniel, I think, you know, very hard-hitting second row, very hard-working, but he's unable to crack our SG ball team. Uh, when I saw him line up on the bench on on for Jersey Flag, I knew the sort of what I was going to expect, what I should expect, is just that um, I don't think we're taking too much um, interest in Jersey Flag this year. I saw Matthew Komalafi come off midway through the first half to... Um, get ready for uh, New South Wales Cup. Um, unfortunately, Sam Luizu come off and had some um, ice on his leg. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting too much from Jersey. It was disappointing to lose 22-4. to four. Um, Yeah, it's hard to remember <laughs> going back to uh, 3 o'clock on Saturday. Um, 
Yeah, and it's hard, also hard to say what Penrith are like. It's it's very but, difficult to evaluate our flag team um, for the fact that there's just so many guys that could be playing that aren't playing that would be playing core positions. And yeah. it, it, it puts it, it – once again, you talk about – we talk about this for the ball a little bit, and it makes it so hard to evaluate how the rest of the team goes because it then puts them in an unfair position where, you know, they're, they're drawing upon deep into their squad already without injuries. You know, so, so guys that might not have been ready to be full go are now full go. Um, the combinations that should have been established probably aren't quite as crisp. So, you know, the, I think the way they are right now, there's still talent in this team, and especially once the ball season wraps up and they start getting the, you know, the, good, the good young talents from there pushing up to the back end of the flag. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a competitive process for the, for the flag, I think. They're going to have to fight every week to, you know, get results, and that's not a bad thing. Um, but, you know, especially, and we've talked this in the podcast for the last few years, Penrith, have a, a play style and approach to the Jersey flag in particular that is very effective. Um, you know, they've got a big catchment of players to recruit from. And they do very well in that regard. And they, they play an up-tempo, aggressive play style that is very difficult to go with in the flag. Agreed, 100%. And, you know, you, you, um, Sean Russell was named to play, uh, ended up being on the bench for New South Wales Cup, didn't play any Jersey flag. Um, obviously, they're missing, or not missing, because I think they'll probably miss them for most of the year. Um, your Jake Arthur, Will Penasini, um did so I? No, I, I think the guys will be uh, maybe scratching to get into the eight if they're going to have a top eight this year. I'm not too sure, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say because it's only you know I haven't seen the other trials. So I've I've got you know for a lot of them it was the first game they've played in over 12 months. No, no, Dave Hollis too. You know, there's your forward no, leader right there. So, very true. Um, you know, it's just, when we spoke of this again before, it opens up opportunities for these other guys to maybe flash a bit of talent and, and potential, but it also means that they've got a bit of a handicap too because they're missing a lot of their core players. All right. Reserve grade. How probably, did this run out? Probably the most Ooh. disappointing result of the, of the weekend, honestly. Um, yeah, 40 to nil was uh, I think that you can make good. <laughs> you can make excuses and, and reasons for the other grades, like we did with the flag and, and the ball and the Tasha Gale, but this one this one stings because this is a, a good young team that's got enough, you know, senior talent, whether it's NRL experience or just, you know, uh, strong journeyman talent from the, the CC in the New South Wales Cup before that. And, yeah, they got pumped. They got absolutely pumped. Yeah, there's not, nothing really um, positive, I don't think, to say out of this, but not when you lose 40 nil. Uh, the biggest um, thing for me out of this, and I, I actually wasn't in attendance because my old man had a, a flare-up of his arthritis in his wrist, so I was helping look after his stuff while he went and tried to get a, a cortisone shot. But uh, listening to the guys at the ground and, and chatting to them live was that, this is a, a was a, a great process for Josh Tupelodu. Oh, not Josh Tupelodu. Sorry, um, uh, Will Penasini. I had the wrong <laughs> for Will Penasini because you know last the week before he was uh, king of the world and there was talk about how he was every bit the equal of, of Joshua Suwali. And this isn't to you know take the shine off off Will's talent because you know on the the Para podcast and on TCT, but on both fronts we've spoken of him very highly for a number of years now. But he went up against a guy that is a, a plus first grade center on Saturday. Uh, uh, Naden, for all his um, issues um, in terms of the grand final night before and whatnot, he is a good first grade center, like you know borderline rep caliber sort of talent, uh, I think. And you know, Will got you know the truth given to him there. You know, he got he got taken to the cleaners and had his pockets picked and his lunch money taken, and that's that's not a bad thing. That is a great learning process for him to sort of go back and say, all right. That's that's what it's going to take, and yeah, and that that goes to the rest of the team too, because you know Penrith Panthers again are, are traditionally very strong in this grade, and 
And our boys obviously just didn't perform. You don't get hit like that, 40 to zilch, um, if you're not, you know, not performing, I suppose. Yeah, and just on Will, like, um, you know, there's been a lot of calls for him to play first grade and everything. He's jumping from under-18s at the moment. He didn't play, he hasn't played a game of under-20s yet. So jumping from missed the entirety of 2020, like all the other kids in those grades too. So So jumping from 18s to reserve grade is massive. Jumping from 18s to first grades, even like the jump from reserve grade to first grade is huge. So imagine going from 18s to first grade. It's just, it's not going to happen. So I think we all need to take a chill pill on a young Will Penasini. Let him spend six months, even if he goes up and down. But I don't personally. I don't think he'll learn anything from Jersey flag. <laughs> yeah, um, be- beating up on on young kids in the flag. When I say young, when he's, you know, he's one of them. <laughs> when he's one of them, but yeah, there, there's not much to be gained from that. I feel like um, as as long as his body is capable of holding up to the rigors of the more senior grade, um, Canary Cup is much better for his development. And that that is a silver lining here. Is that you look at that team list and Solomon Naduki, Penasini. I mean, Hayes Dunster's only eligible, but he's still young. But Jacob Arthur, Dave Hollis, Tarsi James, um, even you know guys like Dill Clifford who've come back to the club that are you know just youngish prospects in the mix here. That's what you want to see from a development squad, um, which is what you know it's a vehicle for first grade development. The Canterbury Cup. Yeah, and you know it's same thing with Jake Arthur. I don't think anybody was calling him to play first grade. Um, but again, you know he had two mistakes where he kicked out on the full. Um, some things didn't go his way. But I think he's the same where he's more the physical side. He'll going week to week in uh, mm-hmm. reserve grade will be a big thing for him physically. I think mentally he'll be able to do it just because I think that's his makeup is that he's very mentally strong. Um, physically he'll struggle a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think he'll get anything out of playing um, – Jersey flag and no, and you know. as a halfback, I mean, you could make the same argument for centers too in terms of the speed that you need to be able to make your decisions in the game. But you know, but just having the, all the time in the world and the jersey flag to do your clearing kicks and take on the line, yeah, it makes for a nice show reel on YouTube at the end of the season. But it doesn't help you get towards first grade and be able to get a you know a fifty meter clearing kick under pressure as the market guns down on your left to chop you down the legs. Right, you want you want that experience in the senior grade in the Canterbury Cup, so he's ready. He knows what it's like. Well, I look at it this way. I'd rather him, if if he's going to be our future halfback, I'd rather him spend two years in reserve grade yeah. learning how to play against men than 12, 18 months in jersey flag and then six to 12 months in reserve grade. How much stronger does this team get based on what wasn't there for round one? Well, we get a hip grave. They get hip grave back, but they lose Murata. Who, who didn't uh, play much, honestly, in this game, though, did he? He, he, he played a bit, but... He played a bit, but just his powerful runs on the edge. Yeah. They were pretty big. Um, Oldfield, when he's healthy, goes in. Um, depends what they do with Cartwright. Um, yeah. If he plays firsts or um, – and then who drops off the bench there. So uh, there's Ray, Ray Stone, when he's healthy, Nathaniel Roach. Yeah, if, he, if Nathaniel Roach isn't playing first grade, if he's playing first grade, he then pushes someone else back. Otherwise, he's playing in this grade. So, yeah, there is a, there is a bit of um, reinforcements to this grade too. Um, in terms of high caliber, you know, um, ex- experienced senior players too. So that's a good thing. Do we want to jump into first grade now? I suppose. <laughs> All right. So sixteen six going down to Penrith. Uh, Battle of the West done. Season over. Um, but it was a nice, it was that, a nice preseason while it lasted, boys. <laughs> apart from well, you look at Tigers. They they put fifty on Manly's. What, I think that'd be their fleet squad. Maybe even less. Uh, um, uh, uh, don't disrespect the Tigers. <laughs> Never. No, they, put, they put fifty on, so 
Uh, that's mainly season done. They can win the grand for no team has won the grand final after losing fifty points in a in a season. So mainly done. I mean, you got to let them be happy. They're not going to get much joy during the season, the West Tigers fans. So, what are, we, we made boys. We made we made a pledge before the podcast. Come on. I can't bite my tongue. Man. Seriously, <laughs> like, I don't. I just jump on Twitter. And the I, work's already there. I don't have to do anything. I can that, just sit back and relax. Like, yeah. You know what the thing is, Birdie? Though, if you hold up everything, just pent up all that aggression, all that, all those insults for, until we play the Tigers. The, Imagine the, what will come out. It'll just be an hour of Bertie just screaming poor, about the Tigers. Poor and Dennis Reynolds. And don't who doesn't want that? <laughs> And when you do pick, you're going to pick all over them. Yeah, true that. Okay, let's get back to our trial. <laughs> to start off with, uh, the big change coming from the off-season was the switch of uh, our edge rowers and our halves. So Dill from left to right, right to left for Mitch, and the same for Madison and Lane. Um, you guys have been keeping that under wraps for the, the training reports. There. Yeah, was that 60s, 60s um, did keep that one under, under the hat, under wraps for sure. Um, you know, and that's been a big part of his creed with the training reports is that he wants to be candid for the fans because it is a cool insight into how the club operates. But at the same time, he's not going to be handing out information to the opposition because we actually have had had confirmation at times that other clubs have uh, passed the site for information on the odd occasion. So... You don't want to give that sort of stuff away, and you know, aid aid your rivals. And it was uh, a good, sh- I mean, a good surprise, I suppose, for fans in a way. Um, yeah, it's it sort of. So it- I didn't realize they switched to after the game. I was that fixated on the game. I didn't bother checking. Well, I, I ended up watching with my old man because, like I said before, he had to go to the doctors and he, he came back yeah. to his place. And I, I set up the stream because he's technologically illiterate, so um, he was very happy for that to happen. And he was yeah, like, he, he, he kept he kept asking. He's like, did they did they swap sides? Did the back rowers swap sides too? What's going on? Um, <laughs> so having a laugh about that, and uh, yeah, it, it's interesting because um, Dylan was a right edge half by trade, wasn't he? Ham coming through into the the twenties. Um, so Dill from memory played left in Hal Matthews yes. when we won the comp. He played on the right when we won SG Ball. Then when he went to flag, he played on the left. Then when he went to reserve grade, he played on the right. When he came up in 2017 with Troy Dargan, <laughs> though, he played on the right, didn't he? Because Dargs was a, a left-edge half. But he never played with Dargs. He played oh, that's right, because Dean Mad- Madison. Yeah, Dargan got injured, and then Dean Madison played. And then yeah, Dean, was a, Dean, Dean was a right-edge half. Broncos, didn't he? Uh, he's, he's, with, he's with Funkle Wayne still. He went to the Broncos and to the Rabbitohs, I think. Yeah, he's at oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, uh, Bennett. Okay. I think Bennett's actually quite fond of him as a like a edge prospect. Uh, Fringe prospect, not edge prospect. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we got to see a little bit of that, and I don't, I don't know how you can speak to it in terms of revolutionising our attack, but I think that a big part of it was it tidies up some of our long kicking options. So you've got, um, you know, the whole when with markers attacking the kickers from a certain side, you've got the cleaner angles of kicking um, and those sort of things. And I think that the left edge looked all right. It, it just people were. We're grumbling post game that you know he only scored six points and couldn't really do anything. But got to give Pre- uh, Penrith some credit for that. Excuse me, Penrith some credit for defense on their right edge. They um shut down a couple pretty form backline moves in the first half. I felt. And also, except for um, that new play that we've got, where we've got the uh, second row on the sweep with the center running the um, it's not really an unders angle, but it's the X angle back on the inside, um, the outside in angle uh, line. We didn't really throw much in attack out there. I don't. Well, Brad Arthur said it was too fast to get into any sort of shape. So, um, 
you know, who knows at this point. But to me, that was the only play that we sort of threw out and, uh, you know, we were throwing it out a fair bit and still caught Penrith out of um, out of sync there. And we only had the one, we were only playing the one option, which was out the back to the second rower. Um, and I think Madison got the ball away to Sivo one time for a yeah. new try. In the left corner, and it was yeah, he was just put into touch, which yeah. they actually didn't. We didn't have an idea of how close it was because, despite being the game that was played in an actual NRL venue, um, it didn't have any, <laughs> any technological support from the video ref or whatnot. So, and then on the right side, sorry, sorry, Hamish, um, and then on the right side, I think it was a Sean Lane forward pass. Um, yeah, that's a, right. Uh, yeah, a try on the right side there. So, yeah. you know, a bit of timing on the on that little play, and it could you be something. Be yeah, I wasn't. I thought it was a very sort of forwards defensive battle throughout yeah. the game, so I wasn't really too worried because if um, a lot of people watched a lot of the other trial matches, to be honest, the fitness wasn't there, and also the defensive structures weren't very good. And I thought both Penrith and Parramatta were extremely good defensively. Um, it, it played out like our our matches last year, and I say that knowing that they beat us twenty twenty to two in one game, but that was when they had like an absurd. It was like sixty six percent possession that game. And even then, we still defended pretty well. Just these two teams have a, a way of playing each other in that in that sort of capacity. I feel like. Yeah, I think what will be disappointing is that try directly after half time. That yes. was very soft and. Sean um, Lane. Scored. Yeah, we've uh, all shamed uh, Mr. Lane uh, for his defensive effort on that. I think you just have to give the penalty yeah, away. One hundred percent. The rest of the game, we were happy to keep giving away those. Um, yeah. Six against, although for for some reason this game didn't seem to involve a massive amount of six against like some of the other trial matches no, that Klein, Klein sort of let the game flow and there was no offsides for the vast majority of the game and then he'd have uh, just before half time Penrith got a, a string of six against um, like like a crushing flow of them that led to uh, I was about to say Epi Coruscant but the five eighth Jerome yeah, Lua um, stepping past Dylan the score and then. Later in the game, they got a, a run of penalties too. So it was just like a, a very weirdly officiated game because it was just, I don't know, like it was like these new rules that were there but not there, going to make the game go fast instead. Um, and yeah, and I think you had Brad Arthur come out and say that um, the metres per minute, was it him? Is that the stat that they were using? Yeah, so I we, liked it. Which is, which is obviously a derivation of kilometres per hour from the GPS, but the metres per minute... Um, was like over 120 in those uh, first 30 minutes, I think it was. Like, and that that's apparently some sort of insane benchmark in, in relation to an average NRL game. They were well, saying that Gutho had done about 60 minutes worth of work in the first 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, you look at the, the fitness levels in this from this preseason are really good, and, and we expect both of these teams to be top four, and that's sort of what they dished out, even though it was a preseason game and both teams were a little bit rusty in attack. Um I, th- I thought we sh- we showed um, a couple of as as Ham touched on a couple of nice uh, edge shifts. Um, I would have liked to have seen us play a bit more direct up the middle, um, but we'll we, see. We limited the ball playing of Nathan Brown and Junior Porter too. Um, our pack That's played very vanilla. Put all the cards out in a trial match. Yeah, and I, on that note, I think Reg probably played with it himself there. Um, the usual aggression and and sort of strong carries weren't quite there. Um, and also the other thing too was that. Um, it, you know, it's easy to lose it because it's a trial, but a lot of our, an important part of our game plan is predicated on getting Murata near Corey injected at the right time. Um, and he didn't come on to like the 60th minute, I think. So that Yeah, was- I think I'm coming out of that, we, we Brad Arthur said he, he kept the starting forwards on for longer than yeah. he was uh, planning, um, which I think was just to get them some more miles in the legs. So 
Um, they've had a, a nice hit out there, uh, but from the the bench guys, Papali, he he was impressive yet again. Uh, yeah, he, so his first two trials, he's been very good. He oh, he wasn't like a superstar this in this game where he was against the Dragons. He was like by far the best player in the field, but it was a good follow up against a, a very strong opposition. And the player that jumped out to me and really positive because this is the year I want to see him make that jump is Oregon, who was good against the Dragons, and I thought it was very good against Penrith too. Yeah, yeah I think was, I've, uh, oh, sorry here. Oh, so I was just going to say there was one run he made where uh, he was hit by two or three players. Oh, it must have been two players. He wouldn't have pushed through three, but he would have made a good eight meters post contact there. And there was just very strong movement. I think he made uh, over 11 meters per run off the bench. So, um, you know, that's what we were lacking last year a little bit was um, impact off the bench when uh, Big Junior and uh, RCG were off the field. So if Oggy's able to um, pull out that sort of Eight runs for 90 metres, that'll be huge in first grade. Well, I think, uh, well, three out of the four bench spots are pretty much on lock at this point with Papali'i, uh, the gun, and um, Murata. Uh, Murata when he comes back after yeah. round one. So it gives yeah. you a, a big shootout for that last spot, whether it's a utility like Roach or Lusick or one of the fringe forwards like Hipgrave or, <clears throat> um, I suppose, just trying to think who else could go in that spot now. Cartwright. Yeah, Cartwright, well, yeah, because he's not healthy, true. Um, but, yeah, Cartwright is very much in the running if he's healthy. I mean, Cartwright's very much running for a starting spot, honestly, if he's I healthy. I was going to say, he could, yeah. you know, given time, Cartwright could start Lane could drop back to the bench there. And I, I know that we, like, he, Cartwright would bring his own set of frustrations, but, you know, I, Sean, we, we were critical of him last year in that regard. He, he brings so many great things to the table because he's got that unique frame that, you know, he's over two metres tall, thereabouts, and... He gets downhill on those unders lines and is very. It creates a lot of havoc on down the left edge when he was there in that in that period. Um, obviously they've switched sides now, but you know those lapses in defense just kill you. Like they they are. We could in the NFL if it were only playing offense. Yeah, yeah, exactly, it, exactly. And you know um, that that one that one against the, the Panthers on the weekend was just like a carbon copy of some of the stuff we saw last year, where just you know was slow getting back and and teams have obviously identified that. Like they they're not they're not silly. They do this stuff on video, and they they will catch players that are sloppy getting back. And I feel like they're, they're definitely keyed on to Sean in that regard. I just want to go back to the Oregon bit. Um, with Origin this year, uh, back to the normal slot. You know, we've got Reg and we've got Junior as our you no know, starting props. Like, and now with Kane Evans leaving, um, Ar- Ar- Oregon Oregon, has- Oregon never wasn't in his normal slot. I meant like in the pecking order when you looked at it. Like like Brad Arthur relied on. Um- but when did Oregon go to midseason? He was always in the team. Yeah, but like what I'm trying to say is like when Origin comes around, um, or, what, do you mean, what do you mean when Origin comes around? He's always here. Instead of Origin, you know, are you taking the piss out or what? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm just saying sorry. now that Oregon, sorry, Oregon is now like the third prop in the team, like in the pecking order. So now he has to have a big year because if one of the players, one of them gets selected, he's going to be caught up straight to yeah, the starting line. That, that's so actually like, a fair call, Bertie. Um, yeah, and that's why that's why I said earlier I wanted to see him, you know, really make that jump this year. Um, you know, obviously because it just benefits the team on the whole if he he makes the jump. But he's going to be, you know, the call is going to come because you know Junior and or Reg are very real prospects yeah. for the New South Wales team, and even Nathan Brown. Um, you know, obviously Brownie probably is a, a little bit upset at how his Origin campaign went out in 2020, where he barely got any time off the bench. But the fact that he's in the squad means that he will be in the mix for 2021. Yeah, I think um, we saw that uh, Murata can do that job in the 13. Mm-hmm. But again, as Bertie's touching on, we need to see if these blokes, Papali'i and the gun, um, can step up into a starting spot yes, if uh, injury or something else arise. What do we think about um, um, Tommy Opacic? 
I thought he was really decent. Like, I thought he was what he sort of billed as, like mm-hmm. a, a decent centre who's not going to win or lose you a game. And I thought he did his job well. And he gave um, plenty of time to uh, his outside man, um, Sivo. Um, I thought Sivo at times still, again, lacked a bit of that punch. He, he had a couple of good carries, but I think he was completely outplayed by um, uh, To'o, who replaced him at Penrith last year. So, um, uh, not last year, the year before. Um which, you know, I just really hope to see him get back to his best. Uh, but then on the other wing, I thought Ferguson, he had a lot of fire and he made a couple of good breaks and he seems to really be favouring that kick back inside to, to a, a, a Gutho or to a Moses coming onto it uh, when he gets out to the wing. Um, but again, that's one of the reasons, like I was saying, I would have liked us to play a bit more direct because too many times he sort of got caught with three players coming to swamp him on that, that um, right edge. Yeah, just yeah, on the wing. Least... I thought. Oh, sorry, Bertie, you go. No, you go. I was, I was, I'll talk after you. It's all right. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought the same with Sivo. There were some runs there. Where I thought, oh, you know, he's this is going to be where he's going to come back out. And then other runs, you just don't, I don't. I don't know if he realised how big he is, or I don't, I don't know if it's you know maybe a lack of fitness. You know, I think it's the fitness. Because... Too many darts. <laughs> like he's the size of any. It's not as if he has to defend. Made one tackle attempt on the weekend. So it's not as if, you know, you got Ferguson on the other side who made big runs, made 11 runs for 120 metres on the stats, and then you had Sivo on the other wing making 17 runs for 130 metres, 6 metres. Like, you should be making 9 to 10 metres, even sometimes even 11 metres per run on these runs just from his size, and it's pretty much all he has to do is attack. So I don't get why he can't make that. I think it's job security. Like, you look at it, like, we've already told Fergo... He's not in our plans going forward. So, like, Hayes Dunster comes in for that wing. Well, who's the next winger after that? Because, like, I think Sivo's just I don't thinking... Think, I don't think he thinks he's secure because his manager's been out in the papers trying to hawk him. Yeah, but, like, when you look at it, like, if we cut... Okay, let's just say if we drop Sivo, who takes his spot? Dunster, right? Like, I just... I don't know. Maybe it's either that or... It's either attitude or he's just lacking fitness. But I'm thinking... You know, he's never been... Like, he, he wasn't even fit before when he first got into first grade and he was killing it. I just think it's... An attitude thing. It could be like he's like, I'm just gonna go half pace. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I, I just think maybe an attitude, ego. Maybe like he, he feels as though he's like secure. Like no one's gonna take his spot. It, it was a weird one because he fought very hard throughout the course of the game when he got given the ball down the sideline in general play to stay in the field of play. And he did really well in that regard a couple of times. Same thing with Fergo on the other side. But yeah, just his hit ups have never been fantastic, which is kind of weird given how powerful he is near the try line. Um, but yeah, I, I think. The thing for us, it's always dangerous game planning this way, but to get him, like you want to get him for some win in his sales and you sort of want to feature him in the game plan in the red zone and, and sort of build around that and keep him involved there. And I think that gets him fired up in other aspects of the game. All right. Was there anything else that really rises out of that? First trial done and dusted, a couple of miles in the legs. Yeah, well, the, uh, would have preferred was a, to have a bit of better attack, but you some know, you're mild not concern, too much in a trial. Some mild concern when Vossi was saying that Mitchell Moses was grabbing his ribs as he came off. But evidently, um, clean bill of health for the team, which is always good. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the old uh, uh, slut stomper or whatever. What, 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 yeah, <laughs> the he's rat a booter. little. The rat, yeah, the rat, the rat booter, that's the one. Tyrone May, the panther on the prowl. He's a grub. Um, yeah, he is a massive grub. That was, I, I know they didn't capture it too well the on the, the telecast, but what we could see, it was late and it was around the legs when Moses was in the air. And, you know, I'm glad that it was pulled up straight away because we've seen plenty of those let go when Moses is tackled yeah, late he has and in the a lot air. Of that. Yeah. 
And yeah, and the boys were obviously rallied around their halfback, and you know, obviously no blows were frike, no fists were thrown. But it was good to see the team rally and and not take any of that bullshit. You know, trying to set a tone on on your halfback. It's um sort of a indictment of weakness if you let that happen. I suppose. You guys think uh, Reed runs the ball enough? Like in the like like and just look, you compared to other hookers. Uh, he, 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 like- it's definitely an aspect of his game. He could he could grow is yeah. um, being more aggressive. Not just in like darting, but also um, that little almost Robbie Farah, Cameron Smith esque like shimmy that they yeah. do, where they commit the remarkers for half a step and then yeah, exactly. Like you look at that try again, the second try, like Appy looks up and he sees you know Lane and like getting up slow. Like I'm not saying saying run every time, but like just look up and see where the markers are. And just you don't even have to be quick, but like just engage because if they stick an arm out, you're getting a penalty. So like you know maybe you work on that a bit. Like yeah. Last I think thing. It, it depends on running from dummy half depends on if you've got a lazy marker or a retreating defense or, you know, if the ref calls a marker offside or not square, then you can take advantage of that. Um, I think it yeah, really does need to run a little bit more. Um, it, I'd like to see him before we go off like in his run and not like more often, maybe see how he goes against not as good a team as Penrith out at Penrith Park and how fast the game was and he had to make 54 tackles, you know, if, I'm not trying to blame other teams here, but, like, you look at uh, Jacob Little was made to look like Cameron – oh, not even Cameron Smith, who's made to look like Damien Cook, you know, the Tigers against Manly there. He was run out of dummy half so often, splitting markers, but look at the quality of opposition that he was up against. And the other thing, too, is that yeah. we, we play a heavy game predicated on second-phase play, which means you sort of have to be pushing back a little bit in support, not pushing – like, you're up, but not quite up, if you know what I mean. Like, it, it's a different position – and it also means that we tend to hold up the ball and let the defense get reset sometimes. So that that's not saying that he can't you know, uh, improve his running game, but that's also part of the thing. And that sort of leads me to my last point that I I did like what I saw from Junior. I know we sort of talked about his um fit and trim boxing form that he's got going into the season, but um he looked pretty good out there. Oh yeah, he, he held a couple of offloads. He didn't lose any of his power in attack. His reactions, man. They didn't box every year. I didn't care. He was like, <laughs> he had like, like the kick in behind. Like he, he had quick reactions. Like uh, the slippers catch that he took in the front line. Oh, yeah, that was insane. Slips. I mean, oh, he had an interception and the the kick re- uh, receipt as well. So <laughs> he did all right for himself, the big man. Mm. Yeah. So I thought there was a fair few positives to take out of it, and I I didn't really understand some of the the negatives that were coming out of the back end of it. Like you know, you want to win every trial, but you know, as we saw back in 2018. Flogging the the knights really didn't do us too good in the in the season, and I thought what we saw defensively was fantastic um, for a trial match, and, and it was a really high quality game compared to some of the other dross that was dished out on the weekend. So um, I'm op- quietly optimistic coming into the season, um, which will get us into our preview a little bit later. But first, oh, just, we might. Just on that, um, oh, sorry, Ian. I was just I was just going to agree with you there on that trial match against Newcastle. I was up there. Oh, we were all up the there. Maitland or Tesla. We were all there. Yeah. We were all there. Oh, it, was at, uh, it was at Maitland, that's right. All the important members of the podcast were there. And <laughs> just and, yeah, I unfortunately missed yeah, out yeah. on uh, the spread that Forty put on. Um, yeah, that's I right. I had the, the, schnitzels, the schnitzels and the salami and crackers and whatnot. That's right. Oh, that was, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. We were, we were bloated from the yeah. trial. That's why Aaron weren't any good in. But uh, that, that, that trial match, we were throwing shapes, we were throwing plays, yeah. we were fast. We, were, we treated that everything. as an actual NRL game, that trial. Yeah, and, and we, then, you know, 35th minute of our round one game just went downhill. So, we lose like six or seven in a row to start the season. Six Fuck, in a row, painful. I think it was. So you just, you can never take any trial form into regular season just because 
you don't know what one team's going to come in with attitude, what the other team's going to come in with another attitude. Yeah, exactly. It's like trial, trials are a measure of certain key indicators from the preseason, and obviously you're talking about fitness levels and and uh, some ability to execute certain things. But the the fact of the matter is that you know this round one is its own entity from then onwards. And oh, I should just chuck. Oh, sorry, forty. That's all right. You go. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to touch on a negative and just say that right edge defensively um, still had yeah. me a bit hard in mouth at it, times. It, it looked like the Ferguson-Blake combination that we'd seen, <laughs> which it's weird. It's it just so I don't weird. Get it. Yeah, I don't think you can explain it because we threw a, a rookie winger into that back line against the most electrifying back line in the competition last year in a week where Wanga Blake had trained on the wing and not at centre, uh, who then shifts back to centre to play with Hayes Dunster. And they were, you know almost uh, seamless against that attack. Like South Sydney got their points, but it wasn't down that wing, um, or at least that wing's fault. Um, yeah, then we go back to sort of square one with uh, Wunger and, and Blake Ferguson, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's not Mitchell Moses and Ryan Madison's fault, because they're on the other side. Yep, that's right. And Dylan's the best defensive half in the competition, so and you know, Sean Lane obviously has his issues, but I think those issues were more out, like for a player or two out wide in that game. You're not wrong, and I think that first try was created by Dylan trying to push across too hard as well to sort of help out that centre wing combo. Yes, um, but yeah, um, that's something they can certainly work on. But um, we'll see how they go through the season. But that's probably one negative to come out of the trial. Um, all right, we ready to move along now? Yes, sir. Yeah, good. Yep. yep. All right. Well, we'll hit the bit of news, which is just the one. Mitch Moses apparently on the cusp of uh, extending till the end of the 2023 season. Um, I was listening to NRL.com podcast today. Apparently, Moses had an option in his favour for 2022. Um, so it looks like this is a bit of restructure and extending him for one extra year, uh, which seems consistent with what the club's long-term plans have sort of been is that I think they sort of see Jacob Arthur um, as a good prospect coming through. And, and Dill Brown, this is really going to be his team in the next couple of years. So him continuing to develop and then take the reins. Yeah. Um, what do we think about it? When we spoke about this um, before we started recording, the, the money's pretty good for, you know, a sort of a upper echelon half. He's not an elite half, but he's in the, you know, better than average sort of category for sure. And that, you know... He's above the Dalton scale. That, that's right. In terms of the... If there's uh, a film of the NFL, he's on uh, above the Dalton line for a franchise halfback. So he's above the bare minimum it takes to be a franchise halfback, which is a positive thing. And, you know, it gives us continuity in the spine, which is something that we definitely want. And like you said, Hamish, the ability to sort of wait and sit now two years and see if Jake is, you know, who they think he is or if they need to go out and get someone else. That's also a boon. And the thing is, we've, we've, we've gone top five... With Moses uh, and a, a young Dylan Brown that barely played that year because of back injuries, we've gone top four with a developing Dylan Brown and a Moses that barely played because of calf injuries. Um, I think that there's enough there to suggest that they can take this team. You know, maybe who knows to the grand final because that involves a slice of luck for any team, regardless of how good you are. But um, you know, they they can be perennial top four competitors, which is a, a fantastic benchmark to be working around. And then not just on that, you know. Uh, not only Jake Arthur, but also young Josh Chapel there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have yeah, a few broad options strokes. in halves exactly. come 2023 or 2024 when, um, you know, if Mitch re-signs, that's when he'll be off contract. So just good to see a bit of progression planning there. But um, even if they don't turn out, you know, you go out and sign who you think is going to fit the team the best. We saw how good he could be in 2019 when he was fit for the whole season and you don't want to give him too many um, 
excuses, but he did tear that calf twice last year. And the, so. the thing about last year, and it's easy to forget, is that prior to that serious calf tear, he was actually being uh, much more composed. He was like sort of finding that balance between attacking with that reckless abandon that he was so, like, you know, that flair that he was so famous for, and also just staying calmer and helping marshal the team through uh, the more gritty contests. And then, you know, I, I think uh, that. Not, it wasn't just a single calf tear, but it came out that he also had another calf tear. As it often happens when your body overcompensates for one injury, um, it ends up finding a way to hurt the other side of your body. And so he, he battled for a lot of stuff last year, and he certainly wasn't at his best. And he'll you know he's owned up to not being at his best, I think. So it's inter- it's encouraging to take a, a, a show of faith in him, I suppose, and, and Dill and Guffo and Reed as well, and have a, a chance to build around a young core for once. They aren't, you know, when I say build around, they're not just rookies now. They're going to be able to blossom into actually experienced NRL players and an experienced NRL spine. All right, well, let's jump into the previews for the juniors coming up this week. And so it started off Western Suburbs Magpies uh, taking on the Eels out at Camden, 10 a.m. on Saturday, the 6th of March. Are you guys able to get down to to Camden? I've been to Camden once for football, and I don't actually ever want to go back again. So that's a solid maybe from me. West Tigers territory? Uh, I don't think it's any, I don't think it's anyone's territory. Like honestly, it's so far away. It's, yeah, it is. I'll, I'll be out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm that, starved of footy. I went there, and that's when Ben Crooks made his club debut for the the preseason. Oh, what a what a player! Seriously, I heard he was a good punter. <laughs> <laughs> that or, or the, no, that no, was no. Um, uh, that was the halfback. Brad, uh, Brad. We we spoke about this recently as well. Or I spoke about this with someone recently. Right. Brad, Brad, Murray. Brad Murray. Brad Murray from the Roosters. Yeah, Crooks was the outside back that came from the UK, wasn't he? That's right. Yep. Yes, correct. Did he ever play first grade? Or did no, he... just played 20. Thought so. Because um, I remember he got massively hyped up. Because, <laughs> yeah, he came to us with like some raps from like getting awards in the um, lower grades of the ESL and whatnot. And, yeah, and it just turns out that, as we've learned as a collective in the NRL, you recruit English forwards, not English backs. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the one person outside of that would be Widop, but I guess he's more of a half and he played all he, his junior footy in came, Australia. He came to us as like a 12-year-old in, in Australia, so he's pretty much an honorary Australian. Uh, all right. Well, then at the same time, the Tasha Gales uh, will see the Eels taking on the Bulldogs 10 a.m. Saturday, 6 of March at New Era Stadium for this one. Um, so obviously we can't be in the same place at the same time. Uh, but hopefully the Tasha Gales women can turn it around um, following uh, a, a string of not-so-great performances. The Dogs are the only other winless team in the competition too, so if you're going to you know, get a result, this is the time to get the result. And then we move on to the SG ball, which we'll see uh, following out at Camden from the Harold Matthews, Saturday 6th of March at 11.30am. Western Suburbs Magpies taking on the Eels as well. Um, so we'd expect... We'd hope for a better second half uh, from the Eels this week because they were very composed in that first half, putting on three nice tries, but just the, the mental lapses in that second half. Yes, sir. That, that's it, isn't it? It's, it is not a complicated uh, formula for the SG ball. Just complete your sets, don't turn off defensively, and you will get a result. And you're going to be out there for that one, Ham. Yeah, I'll be out there. I'm an idiot. I'm crazy. <laughs> He's made well, it the Magpies have got one win to their name uh, from... Four starts, so um, we're sitting well above them in the SG ball, but we've got to push on to um, get some more points on the table because everybody in front of us is at least one point ahead. And uh, uh, in terms of the SG ball, I know it's top six 
this year, not top eight. So, But um, luckily for us, the Sharks and the Roosters play each other this week. So there'll be a loser out of those. So if Parramatta need to win this week, um, get that extra one. Mainly play the Dogs. Dogs are just killing tens of Paul Alamotti in the centres there. So, um, that you know, even looking at well, probably not fourth because they're still 28 points, but um, we can have the same amount of points, just differential then with uh, the fourth place team. And Bagpipe's sitting on the same amount of points as the Eels, but they've had an extra game, so an extra win, where we've had the bye uh, in the Harold Matthews. So they'll want to be uh, up for this contest as well. Um, All right, well, I think that wraps up all the junior footy. So let's move on to now the uh, season preview predictions. Um, So we'll start with you, Bertie, alphabetically. You've got your list there. Um, You can bring it up on the Discord. Uh, So going through where... Where will we finish on the ladder? Best signing, worst signing, etc. Alright, so I think we're going to finish third. I think um, we'll probably get like around how many rounds is it? Twenty three, four. I reckon we'll lose the twenty four rounds of footy, but one by. Yeah, I think we'll lose like four games. I just feel as though um, yeah, the South will probably win it easily, won a premiership. Um, our best signing will be Cardi. I think people will be um, surprised by him. You know, I was surprised that he's actually a good trainer. I didn't know that. I thought it was just lazy. Just looking at his defensive, you know, um, what we hope defends. Uh, worst signing, got to go Hipgrave. I know he hasn't inspired me this uh, trials. First player debut, I think Hollis. I reckon we'll have two debutants, Hollis and Lussick. Um, highest try score, I'm going to go to King. I reckon Guffo, you know, it's been a while since um, our fullback has topped the top you know, try scoring list for the year. I think Hang was the last one. Uh, player was signed. Well, this is hard because unless. You're gonna to have to go off the off contract list, and I went on that um website Zero Tackle. I don't know if it's reputable, and I just think pro Jesse Ramian. You never know; like he could be like a mid-season pickup, or I I just feel as though he might come in. Like Opacic might not fill, might not live up to expectations. A uh, player that will miss will be Fergo. I think we'll miss him. And for Ken Fournette winner and the breakout player, I think both will be Dylan Brown. I think this season, I think he's gonna be he's gonna stamp put his stamp on the competition and. You know, uh, possibly be the Kiwis halfback. Uh, player to regress, I think Lane. I just feel as though, you know, there's a... Re- Look, I don't want to bring up his past, but he's been shopped around from club to club, and I just get this vibe that he's just not buying in. His head's not in it. Our biggest win, oh, for sure, the West Tigers. <laughs> you know, is, is there any doubt? It's like dollar and one. Biggest loss, I think, the Roosters. We, we just can't seem to beat them. They just always beat us, and, you know, like, I just feel as though... Yeah, they'll get they'll smash us. Um, headline of the year, I think Wonga Blake will win center of the year. Believe it or not, I just feel that's Ooh. a big call. But that I just is a feel, big call. oh, you know, I got everyone's got the same thing. Like I just, I'm just trying to think what could what could be a massive headline for us para fans. And you know, I think Wonga Blake winning it will be big. And Dalian, I think Cameron Monster. I think I read, not read, I heard somewhere where um he was talking like horror, just horror ex Parramatta player, and he's like he's targeting the Dalian this year. Like he's he's won everything, and he. He really wants to win us, so there you go. Um, don't laugh at my predictions, but yeah, I just want to let you know a couple of years ago, I was Mystic Mac and predicted four or five that you don't, so I'm going to hang on my hat to that. Forty, right? <laughs> you're next. All right, so first play to the Bulls, is that the first one? No. Uh, where the Eels finish? Eels finish. I'm going to go, you got to go big. That's the, What's the point? Uh, minor premiers. Uh, Whoa! Minor premiers uh, and eventual premiers. Hundred so, percent win record too. Uh, yeah, like you know. Oh, sweet. Hundred percent in the games that we win. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. But yeah, I, I think that you know I sort of a little bit facetious there. But I do think the Eels will be 
uh, top three, top four, and, and that puts you in a position to go for the minor premiership. So I'm going to back them. You know, it may be unrealistic, but that's what predictions sometimes are for. Uh, best signing, uh, I think, is pretty comfortably at this stage looking like uh, Azai Papali'i. I think that Bryce Cartwright would make a pretty honest push for that if he gets healthy and, and sort of manages to balance out the good and bad uh, or tone down the bad and, and give us more consistent good. Um, worst signing, this one's interesting because um, I know people sort of jumping on the, 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 uh, oops, sorry, that's my brother. I'll tell him not the call, sorry. Um, they're jumping on, on Hipgrave for some struggles in the preseason, but I think he was coming back from a, a bulging disc or a bruised disc in his back, so he was, um, you know, sort of very underdone coming into these trials. Um, but yeah, so if you say Hipgrave, it's probably just by virtue of him, you know, being the odd man out in the recruitment, I suppose, but maybe you could even argue Joey Lusick, um, just because, you know, Nathaniel Roach may, might outshine him as a backup dummy half. Um, first part of debut, um, I think that if injuries strike us in the back line, you might see a Naiduki or a, a Penasini debut, um, just as a sort of like emergency option, I suppose. Um, but if everyone's fit, I'd pick Hollis um, to be the guy down the back end of a season to get that sort of Oregon treatment where, you know, you get that one or two games off the bench. Um, and just a note, uh, Bertie, Joey Lusick, very close, but he did play one game for Manly. Um, so he's not actually a rookie in the NRL. Um, but way back in 2017, round 20. Um, highest try scorer. I'll go Sevo. We, we'd like to play then our left. And it just makes sense. Um, player will sign. I'm going to go with Brandon Piakura. Um, it's a player we've been linked to a couple of times in the media. Um, it feels a need in the roster at edge. Um, I think that's been shown pretty, you know, Ryan Madison's a great edge player, but we need another guy to compliment him. Where's he from? Like he is currently a Bronco. Bronco. But um, he's been chased by quite a few clubs, but we've been linked to him a number of times in the media now. And given how tight our ship is run at Parramatta, um, the fact that our, we've been linked a couple of times tends to make me think that we actually are genuinely interested. So um, I'm throwing that out without any sort of like inside information. That's just a, uh, based on what we see in the press. Uh, player that we, we won't re-sign that we'll miss... You can make an argument for Fergo there. Um, I mean, the club has literally said on record that they're not going to re-sign him. Um, same thing maybe for Mike Acevo. I could see us parting ways there. And, and having to fill two flank spots is hard, so um, I'll go with I'll go with Micah, just because he can be so good when he's on. Uh, Ken Fournament and Witter. Junior won it last year, didn't he, boys? Yes. Gutho? Gutho, maybe? Uh, who was it? Who won the Ken Fournament medal? No, it was Gutho. It was Gutho. It was player. Well, I'm going to give it to Junes then, um, to... To be a, one of the forwards to, to nab it. Um, breakout player. You can tell I did my predictions before this, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, breakout player for Parramatta. Oregon Kafusi. Uh, I've already mentioned that before, so it makes sense. Player to regress. I mean, Sean Lane is, is probably in that territory. Um, I think there's probably, you can sort of talk about the Wonga Blake, Blake Ferguson combination too, but I'll go for Lane. Biggest win. God, this one's tough. We play the say West Tigers. We don't play the Broncos at the end of the year. We always hammer them when we play them at the end of the year. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, we're going to hammer the Cowboys at Bank West in round 23. Um, and then biggest loss, it, it's always Melbourne, isn't it? Melbourne always hand us our worst losses, I feel like. Um, that of the Roosters. Uh, and headline of the year, um, Eel Good Inc. Um, Eels win the premiership. And Dally M, it'll go, it'll go to someone like Harry Grant or some shit. I don't give a fuck. Wait, wait, you've got us winning the minor premiership, 100% record, right? <laughs> and yet you've given it to the guy who had a gap year. Yeah, that, that's yeah, how... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I probably should adjust this because isn't there talk that Dalliums are going to the Rugby League Weekly uh, metric out of oh, 10? Are they? 
that's what they said in the um, stream uh, that they're considering. I don't know if, it, if it, how close are the finalising, given that round one's around the corner, that they're moving away from the three two one model to the rugby league weekly at a ten scale for everyone. So if that's the case, I actually you're, you're better off going for like a guy that consistently hits seven and eights. So you're looking at like back rollers and some halves, I think. So on well, the, knowing the end is it'll change mid season. <laughs> And the refs will go, vote for it. Got to go faster, faster, vote faster. Um, yeah, so based on the, the 10-point system, um, I think someone like Teddy and someone like maybe, uh, what's another sort of, uh, Jack Whiten even, I think. Guys like that, that tend to just, you know, their worst games are still like, you know, solid. And when they're, they're good, they're always um, going to be getting eight plus, nine plus points. So yeah, one of those sort of guys. Hey, all right, um, I'll be quick. Uh, where we'll finish Absolutely. fifth, uh, best signing Papali'i. I'm not going to do any negative ones. Um, first player to debut Hollis, highest try scorer Wanga Blake, uh, Ken Thornett. I have Dylan Brown, breakout. I have Oregon Kafusi. Biggest win will flog Manly. Um, Dally M will be Harry. Oh, I was was going to say Harry Grant, but then I thought about it, and it, it can't be anybody but Joseph Sawali, can it? He's well, already got rookie, rookie of the Dally year, M. center and fullback of the year, Dally M of the year. Well, whoever's judging him, he's he's gonna be, it's gonna have the Jonathan Thurston effect where he has two points if he walks on the field. So um, he's got that down pat if they change the rule for him, which they will. Um, so yeah, Joseph Suwali Daliem and headline of the year. Now this is no insider information, but just keep it between you and me. I reckon there'll be a salary cap scandal this year. I reckon it'll be a team from up north, but not too far north. Is that the Titans that were already rumoured? Well, I made this prediction before that, but but just keep it between, you know, people turn down. This is only between you and me here. There's going to be a salary cap scandal this year. I think it'll be a team from north, but not north, too far north. All Please right. The Please let it be Broncos. No, they've got, they've got nobody signed. <laughs> oh, that would make it even better, man. Like, seriously, you find out they're still paying Boyd a million? Like, come on. <laughs> All right, well, I'll run through mine. Finish third. Best signing, Papali'i, rather. Uh, worst signing, Hipgrave. First player to debut, Hollis, later in the year. Getting that one or two minutes off the bench, uh, as BA is known for. As is tradition. As is tradition. Uh, players to debut, one Hollis, given that Lussick has already debuted. Highest try scorer. Now, he hurt my wallet bad last year. But I'm doubling down for God's son. He's it's bounce back year, comeback player of the year. Uh, player will sign Katoni Staggs. He's coming down. Uh, player we won't re-sign that we'll miss. Fur Godson. Um, Ken Thornett winner, Gutho. Breakout player, Papa Lee. Player to regress, Sean Lane. Biggest win, round one v Broncos. Uh, if you watch it, I know it's only a trial, but this second half brain fades are still there. <laughs> they're, they're ditching the boom rookie as well, Tom Dearden, for uh, the... the Brody Croft. Brody Croft, the, what's it called? The, the yeah, tournament. I don't know if that's just... It was an opposed training session where they just switched sides um, or right, if there's more to it. But uh, from what I read from some of the Broncos fans that kept a pretty close eye on training is that they've been switching them out all off-season, so it's not really any revelation. Somebody might just be reading too much into it. Mind games from the greatest mind in rugby league. It's about mind games, yo. I wish I had some of his um, commentary lines just on soundboard. Just some of the stuff that he used to say on commentary. <laughs> go Broncos! <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't that Wally? I know he said, go Queensland! Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Wally. It's go Queensland. It was, it was Kevin was always, go Broncos. <laughs> 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 Biggest loss. 
to the Storms. Uh, headline of the year, 41 years on from their main premiership. Eels do it again, or 40 years on from their second prem, they do it again. Uh, and Deliam Gutho. Uh, all right, well, I think that wraps up the pre-season predictions. Um, I think we've all got us up in that uh, top four, top eight range. Uh, oh, can, I just, can I yeah? just um, qualify mine? We'll finish fifth, but we'll go uh, into the third week of the finals. Oh, ah, so prelim. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, yeah we really need to get to that prelim to get to the, over the hump, don't we? Wait, yeah. One or two wins. It has to be well, two wins be if, two. You're, if you're bottom four. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, figure, yeah, you can cut that one away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rattled. Just let you know, I'm rattled. He's so. shook. He's shook. I got him with the Oregon. I got him with the Oregon. the Tigers until we play the Tigers. That's... Nah, it's the 40 he was trolling me. I didn't expect that from him. You know, he's usually the calm, you know, the, the calm person in the pod, but he threw me off my game. So. You can't you can't throw me the Oregon origin like bait and not expect me to roll off it. Come on, man. Um all right, uh, so just lastly, NRL Tipping, Fantasy, and Supercoach. Look in the show notes. Um, there's a, a uh, code there for the tipping, uh, which is just the nrltipping.com uh, or the NRL Tipping app. Uh, same for Fantasy. There's a code there. And then there's a link to the Supercoach. Uh, so I've just done straight Fantasy. So uh, that's just, you know, whoever scores the most. I haven't done head-to-head or a draft league. Um, but I'm open to that if people want to do it. Um, and same for Supercoach, just straight uh, highest scorer wins. Um, so feel free to jump into those. Um, and uh, I'll, as I said, on the show notes, and I'll share the links out again on Twitter and also on Facebook. Um, well, I think that about does us for this week. So we've got one more week off, and then we're into round one of the 2021 NRL season, uh, kicking off on the Thursday night and us against the Broncos uh, on the Friday night Broncos. I'll be up there first time up at Suncorp. Good stuff. You're going into the cauldron, mate. Yeah, the Coliseum. All right, well, that'll wrap us up here. Um, cheers for listening again, and uh, you'll get your first grade uh, or first round preview next week. Cheers. Adios. Adios. Love you. Thank you.